Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. Now today our reading is coming from Ephesians, the second chapter, specifically the fourth verse. And I love how it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he has loved us. Even if I didn't preach anything and just spoke on that portion of scripture, just emphasize just that portion of scripture, that in the richness of his mercy, he has loved us greatly. You know, every time we tell people God loves you, some don't understand how deep it is, especially when you cannot answer the questions of life. When he says, if God is good, then why do kids die of leukemia? If God is good, why are there floods and plagues? If he's all-knowing and all-powerful, how come there's evil in the world? And those fundamental questions. And some honestly don't know the answers to these questions, and for such they doubt God because they do not know Him. So when we tell some people that God is good, some of them cannot understand what you mean. Why did my mother die? Why did my daughter die? If God is good, I prayed and I fasted. Why did He let this person get into such a horrendous accident when He was watching? Because they do not know who God is. They do not know who God is. And so, that's why we emphasize in revealing the person of Jesus Christ because Jesus was expressly clear that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And so we start to study Jesus. to see, what did he do when he was on the earth? How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with power, the Holy Ghost, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. What did he do? He went about doing good and healing all which were oppressed of the devil. When he met the sick, he healed them. When he met the hungry, he fed them. When he met the dead, he raised them up. Everything Jesus did on the earth was an expression of the heart of the Father. But not many people know the Father's heart. It's like when you are a good person, okay, you're a good person, you're faithful in your work or you're faithful at school where you go to. And then somebody goes to the administration and reports and says, you stole somebody's money. I saw you get it out of her bag. And they accuse you vehemently that you stole that money. But yet in your heart, you know that you did not steal that money. And perhaps many proofs point to you. You were the last person in the room. 
you were the one seated next to that table. And a few minutes after, we saw you at the canteen eating food or buying this, and you're really the kind who probably buys such expensive meals. Like everything is connecting to you, but in your heart, you know that you're innocent. If you're a thief, you can say, ah, yes, I stole it. Or if you have had a record of stealing, but on that one time you were falsely accused, it's different from a person who has never stolen, and they're saying, this person is a thief. Somebody says they accuse you and say you killed someone. A person you didn't even know. Do you know how many people in prison are serving sentence for things they never did? Now imagine people carrying a wrong impression about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Say he must have caused this. He's the one who caused this. He's responsible for this. How can he say he's a good God when he did this? It's how many people view God. That is why we must understand who he is and his heart. Bible has said in Ephesians, God has loved you greatly. Now as a parent, I know how much I love my children. But yet the Bible says a woman will forget her own child. But it says, but I will never forget you. In other words, no human love is as strong as the love of God that he has towards us. I was praying with a dear brother whose son you know, was involved in a very bad accident and he was weeping because he doesn't know how to take the place of his son. That's just how much he loves his child. But then God says, I actually love you more than you love that child or your parents ever loved you. If your parent would not want harm on you, why would you think that I would want harm on you? Why would you think that I would destroy your life? You see? But that's not how so we know God, many of us, or some of us, sorry. The God I know is a God of mercy and he's rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. None of us here in this room has not sinned a sin to death, but you're still alive because of his mercy. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says, and for his great love, wherewith he loved us. And now in the next verse, he tells us how he loved us. He says, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, he says, by grace are you saved, and has raised us up again, the word together, and has made us sit again, the word together, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us who believe. Praise the Lord. Towards us through Christ Jesus. I'm going to explain this. Very beautiful text. Let's begin from up here. God says, my expression of love was in what I did when I brought Jesus. And he says, while you were dead in sins, when you did not deserve any mercy, where you did not deserve any pardon, where you did not deserve any grace to be extended, he said, I still extended 
this mercy to you. And I quickened you. The Bible says he has quickened us together with Christ. That what they are quickening means he has revitalized you. He has given you a new life. Salvation is the newness of life. You forget the old life that you had. Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptisms into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, he says, even we also should walk in the newness of life. Salvation is the newness of life. Newness of life. Everybody who is born again is living in the newness of life. You're not living only by the life of the old man. You're living by the life of the new man which has been created in the image of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. And then he continues to say, and he has raised us up together and, listen, made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. What a position. That's in fact the most distinct and core positioning of every believer. And I pray by God that he will help you understand what I'm going to share. You are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. After the place of dying for your sins, he raised you up and said, you need to sit in the heavenly places in Christ. See, Christ, the Bible says, is seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you agree? The Bible doesn't say you're seated beside Christ. The Bible says you are seated in Christ in the heavenly places. What does that mean? Let me explain this. Let's just say sickness is looking for you. Sickness has firstly to ascend into heavenly places. Then look for Jesus in heaven. Then find Jesus. And after finding Jesus, it enters him. And then after entering him, it finds you to afflict you. Somebody say, but somebody says, but that's not the reality of my experience. I am sick. I have been dealing with this sickness for this long, and I'm on these drugs X, and the doctor said I'm due for an operation, or I was born with this kind of sickness. Oh, yes, that is the reality of the physical realm, but that's not the reality of the truth in Christ. Hallelujah. And that's what confuses people a lot because many of us live on what we feel. We live on what we see. We live on what we experience. And therefore, because we cannot connect that nexus, we assume mm -mm, this cannot be true. It is too good to be true. And yet this is the reality. The Bible tells you that you have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. That's what his divine power did. He gave you all things that pertain to life and godliness. In other words, there is nothing you need in life that is not already available for you. Can you believe that? Think, think, let that sink in your spirit for a second. If you need a job, God says, actually, I availed a job already for you just maybe don't know how to connect to that place, but I already have availed a job for you. Oh, I need a car. I need to get married. No, God has given you everything that will pertain to life and godliness. 
The Bible says he thought of everything. Ephesians 1, 8, read the message version. The Bible says he thought of everything, comma, provided for everything we could possibly need. Possibly. Oh, if I were you, I'd say amen. Tap your neighbor and tell them I'm provided for. The Bible says he gave you everything you could possibly need. You have everything you could possibly ever need in life. That's what it means when the Bible says according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have everything to live a successfully godly life. Everything. I want you to say this with your mouth. Say, I have been given everything to live God's best. Say, I've been given everything that I will ever need in life. Say it again and say, I've been given everything that I will ever require to live godly. Hallelujah. What a powerful statement. What a powerful statement to come out of your mouth. And just not to speak it, but to carry its consciousness. To carry its consciousness. To know what it means. And he continues to say, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. But the Bible says, through the knowledge of him. Through the knowledge of him. Let me say it the third time. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. This is through knowing him. It's by knowing him that you know you have been given. Are you following what I'm saying? If any man hopes to be given, they don't know him yet. If any man is praying to be given, they don't know him yet. But if a man knows him, they will know that they have already been given everything they will possibly ever need. Oh, but there's a virus in my body. He has given you everything you could possibly ever need for your health. Oh, I'm struggling in my finances. I failed to break through this. I'm in bed year in, year out. Whatever the circumstance you're going through, it still doesn't take away the fact that he has given you all that you could ever need possibly to build everything or anything that you'll ever want to build in the earth. Now, I know that your present circumstances might conflict that reality and experience but that doesn't make God a liar. You know, we have people who dismiss God because things are not working in their lives and yet on the same surface of the earth they move. There is another man for whom it is working for perfectly. Somebody shout hallelujah. Why is it that it's not working in your life but it's working in another person? And then some people say, oh, you know, you know, I think there's some people who are meant to be healed and some won't. Some people are meant to be provided for someone. Some were meant to have this, some were not meant to. Well, be among those which were meant. And then somebody says, but, but you're not God. So how do you know that I'm among those who are meant or among those who are not meant? Very simple. The word tells us the qualifications. It tells us the spiritual credentials that qualify you. And it's very simple. Faith in Christ. Are you a believer in Christ Jesus? Yes. For all things in Christ are yea and amen to the glory of the Father. If you are a believer, you have the full right and privilege of everything God has availed for his children. You can stand in that jurisdiction and claim your right to anything 
Not as one trying to attain it, but as already one who has been given it by Christ Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? So he says, who are dead in sins, he quickened us together with him and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. I'm going to come back to that in Christ again. So you're seated in Christ. That's why the Bible says in one portion that you're seated in Christ far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. You're seated above all. Above all. Above all. You're seated above all power. So somebody understands this and they can come to you and tell you, you know, Pastor, pray for me. Somebody is bewitching me. But the Bible says you are above. That means you have not come to the full appreciation, full realization, full revelation of what it means to be in Christ Jesus. Far above. Far above. That's why I say, you see how far sickness has to come to afflict you? You see how far poverty has to come to afflict you? Does it have that much power or ability? No. So why are we living in these troubles? Why are we experiencing such challenges? Very simple. The Bible says you can only access this life which is already available for you according to the knowledge of Him. So you must know Him through the knowledge of Him. So it's all available, but it says you can only access it through the knowledge of me. See, I've put money for you in an account X, but you can only access it by a certain password which you will press on that safe and the safe will open all the money. It's all available to you. It's willed for you. But when you get there and you don't have the password, and here's the password, through the knowledge of him. And he says, that has called us to glory and virtue, not suffering, not pain, not frustration, not failure, not regression. He says he has called us to glory and virtue. That's what God has called us for. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Now, this is even going to become deeper. Let's go back to verse 6. He has raised us together. Uh-huh. Let's read. And made us sit together uh-huh, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, uh-huh, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You are seated together. He has made you sit. He has raised you up together and made you sit together. In fact, allow me to go back a bit. This word called, he has raised us up, is the word, is the Greek word called sunegiro. Sunegiro. It means to revivify in resemblance. Resemblance. To revivify in resemblance. In other words, when you became a new creature, you came out exactly like Jesus. Exactly like Jesus. And I see that that was the only way you could have that perfect union of powers. Because you can't get 
glass and perfectly united to metal. You understand? You can't get metal and perfectly united with plastic. If you bring fire, one will say, I am plastic, and the other one will say, I am metal. You can only join metal perfectly to metal when you melt them together. You can only join plastic perfectly to plastic. So in this experience of raising you up together, Sunegeyo, he says, I made sure that in raising you up, you came up in resemblance to, you are exactly like, that's even worse because it means if sickness is looking for you and it meets Christ, it has to first separate you from him and because you're one with him, it can't find you. Now, are you noticing, and this is amazing for you to think, by the way, if you take this for a thought, do you know one of the deepest protections the Spirit of God can put on you is to hide you to a place where you cannot be found by your enemy? And God says, He doesn't make you invisible. He just makes you so one like in resemblance to Christ that when He's looking for you, He says, That is Jesus. I'm still looking for Chizito. <laughs> Did you understand what I just said? That is Jesus I'm still looking for, Chizito. And when he looks for Chizito, he cannot find you. Why? Because you are in resemblance. Exactly like him. That's how we become one. That's the oneness. That's the union that we have with Christ. It can only fully be attained when God raises you up in the very form, essence, and nature of that person. What a glory. What a glory. No wonder he says, my glory, the glory that you've given me, I have given to them. This is love made perfect. This is love made perfect. So if you want to understand how much God loves you, 1 John 4, 17 tells you the perfection of that love, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment the word they are called judgment is crisis in the day of trouble when the doctors tell you your liver can't work your kidneys are failing or your eyes can't see he says that you might have boldness in the day of crisis because as he is the bible says so are we in this world somebody shout amen so when you meet devils they see Christ. Hallelujah. Whatever you meet on your way, it sees Christ. Because you've been raised together. Revived in resemblance. You are one with Him. There is no difference now. Oh. This could land me in trouble with religious people. You know why? Because they don't read the Greek of it. They only read the English of it. And many cannot fathom. It's overwhelming to actually appreciate that you are now in the same image as Christ. Say, because I bear his image, 
I will live like him on the earth. Say, you will not die early. Accidents will not find you. Those who pursue you will not find you. Somebody shout hallelujah. You don't need to hide. You're already hidden. The Bible says you're hidden in Christ. Oh, you're hidden in Christ. Far above all principality and power. That's what the Bible says. You're hidden in Christ. Your real life is hidden in Christ. That's what it means. You have been made so one with him that to look for you, they have to look for him. Colossians 3, 3, let's read it. For as far as this world is concerned, uh -huh, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in. Oh, can I hear an amen? That's your real life. I am far from sickness. Say it. I don't care whether the doctors gave you the worst report. Say, I am far from disease. Say, I am far from poverty. Say, I'm far from struggle. Say, I am far from strife. It is not my portion. It's not. But he has said, all of this has been done that in the ages to come, what I wanted to emphasize, verse 7, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness toward us through Christ. In other words, he did all of this such that he will show off, he will show you off to reveal to the world what the exceeding riches of his grace look like. If people want to know how rich, exceedingly rich God's grace is, he said, they will look at you and say, this person is the expression of God's exceeding riches of his grace. And I want you to say this with your mouth. Say, I am an expression of the exceeding riches of his grace. Say it the second time. Say, I'm an expression of the exceeding riches of his grace. Say it the third time. Say, I am an expression of the exceeding riches of God's grace. People will look at you and say, look at what the grace of God can do. I don't know who I'm prophesying to. You see, you might say, but I, I've delayed in getting married. You're the one I'm talking to. That when you get married, they won't say, finally, Alice got married. No. They will say, look at the exceeding riches of his grace. When we talk about what? Marriage. God wants you to get to a point. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> read 2nd Corinthians chapter 2 verses 14 amplified version it says thanks be to God who in Christ you remember in Christ in, 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 in Christ you remember the in Christ we're back at it again it says thanks be to God who in Christ 
Always. Always. First way, don't go far. Always. Always. I don't care whether the bad doctors say this is state five. Always. I don't care whether they say this time you are. No, no. They say always. I don't care whether the enemy has said that I have you. God says always leads us in triumph as what? As trophies of Christ's victory. And through us, the Bible says, spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Listen, you are trophies. You are the proof that God won by Christ. That means everything going to happen to you was designed deliberately to expose his victory over the devil. That means you are an object that God holds up by Christ to show off. That is why I tell Christians, it is false humility to think that God has designed you to live in a, a simple, no, no, no. God, <laughs> you know, I'm prophesying to somebody. Do you know where people, when people are driving by and you have to tell them, I live somewhere in that hill. No, that's not the mark of a trophy. God wants to do something. Where if people are talking about your house, they say, do you see that house up there? Yes. That house is for those days are not far where you drive a car on Kampala Road and people's necks will stick in the direction it has gone trophy May God keep you far from cars that drum. You know those cars that... As if they have drummers in the back. In Jesus' name. Now this man is preaching about materialism. I'm not preaching about materialism. For us, those cars are not for prestige. They are tools. But God can give you a big tool. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Trophy. That means everything God wants to give you or do in your life. 
He wants to tell the world, you see what I can do. See what I can do. When I talk about business, see what I can do. When I talk about marriage, see what I can do. When I talk about raising children, see what I can do. When I talk about building ministries, see what I can do. When I talk about divine health, see what I can do. When I talk about power, see what I can do. When I talk about influence, see what I can do. When I talk about affluence, see what I somebody I'm a trophy God shows me off hallelujah Ephesians 1 5 read the amplified version Ephesians 1 5 he says for he foreordained us destined us planned in love for us to be adopted what's in the brackets revealed as his own children when the president's son passes Kampala Road you know that that son is of the president because he won't pass in a drumming car when the prince of England is going through a city you will know that that's Harry. That's William. Because of how many people are around him, how many guards and escorts, how many cars are in that procession, you can tell that this person who has passed here is not a normal person. Now, he has said, I adopted you. In other words, I have deliberately planned you in mind to reveal. Says that something happens in your life and God simply says, my kid, my kid. <laughs> my kid that's my kid what's my kid hallelujah some of you in your primary you got moderate aggregates and your parents carried you what about god they carried you oh my son is too clever you remember the times when guys used to be in the newspapers back in the day when they used to say top performers namagunga sherry so and so then they show a father, the girl is heavy, but he's carrying her like this. It's almost my kid. Now, for you, if a man can do that, God wants to do that for you. That is why you should not find it as a surprise or coincidence that you shall be the head and not the tail. Somebody shout hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28, 13, what does he say? He says, the Lord shall make thee, not a head. Definite article. He shall make you the head and not the tail. He said, You shall be above only. Tell your neighbor, not sorry. And he says, You shall not be beneath. He says, You'll not be beneath. Above only. When they are looking for top performers, they're talking about my children. Claim that also. When they're talking about the most successful CEOs, they're talking about the most successful businessmen. They're talking about I'm that trophy. He's boasting over me. The Bible says he will boast over you with song. 
Sometimes God even sings about us. Lord, it's not me. Read Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. The Lord thy God is what? In the midst of thee. And he is what? Mighty. He will what? Save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. That means that whether you want it or not, there are people God holds up like this and starts to say, Grace Rubega. Hey. Grace Rubega. <laughs> Put your name. Look at my trophy. Look at how wise he is. Put your name. Look at how anointed she is. Look at how successful she is. Look at the influence she becomes. Look at the glory that is shining on her hair. Ay, 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 ay. And good, good. He even sings. Tell your neighbor, I cannot fail even if I try. <laughs> Imagine you raise up a child from childhood telling them these things. How can they fail in life? First Peter chapter 2 verses 9. Give me the KJV. It says, ye are a chosen generation. A what? Royal priesthood. A what? A holy nation, are peculiar that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you should show, 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 show. God wants to show. Some of you people are going to start speaking in your back. You know, in Uganda, when somebody becomes so blessed in something, they become a dog. Some of you are going to call you dogs. They'll say that dog has money. That dog. That dog has money. That dog. That dog. That dog is deep. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. And he says, not only has he made us trophies, but he also says that we are the ones who spell out that fragrance as evidence. For the knowledge of God. So that means those who don't know God look at us and say, If I didn't know God, this man has showed me that God exists. May you be that kind of person. May you be the bearer of mantles, graces, opportunities. May you be the bearer of powers that will display and reveal God even without you speaking anything. They'll just look at you and believe on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because you're that trophy. That trophy. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. So stop condemning yourself. 
I know you might be dealing with some weaknesses, but you're still his trophy. You're still his trophy. You're not yet there yet, but he still prizes you. He says, no condemnation to them which are in Christ. For the law of the life-giving spirit in Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. We have no excuse. We did not come to this earth just to pass through. We came to leave marks that are irreversible, unerasable. We came to do, I don't know who I'm talking to, we came to do things that cannot be rubbed out of the history. That's what Churchill said. I love what Winston Churchill said. He said, history shall be kind to me because I wrote it. Some of you, you're just a part of what men are writing. Shake your neighbor and tell him, write something. Write something. Do something that is worth recording to say this person. There was a woman who existed. And it shall be people talking about you, not you telling them. No, them telling about you. To say there was a man who knew God. He used to sit somewhere in a corner. But what God used to do through him. You understand what I'm saying? That's our heritage. That's our testimony. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going far. I am going far. I am doing so much for God. His name is going to be glorified through me. His grace is going to be revealed through everything I do. Hallelujah. I am provided for. I am sustained. All that I need is available for me. I am a progress. I don't regress. I am a success. I never fail. Greater is he who is in me than he which is in the world. Hallelujah. Now I understand when Paul says, be careful for nothing. You're in Christ. You're one with him. You're one with him. Speak to Jesus. What gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom my steadfast love my deep and boundless peace to this I hope my hope is only I can't see all is mine in 
someone celebrate Jesus Father we receive it all we receive the privilege but also let me emphasize the responsibility that comes with such power to be your trophies we receive it you will see God shine on your lives like never before you're going to see his glory work on you and through you like never before favor mantles you grace increases on your life his power will be mighty on you you will demonstrate the spirit in such magnitude that will cause men to be in awe because of God's work on your life you will not fail you will not fail you're healed you're sick in your body receive your healing now say I receive my healing now in Jesus name Amen come on let's clap for Jesus let's clap for Jesus let's clap for Jesus if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus if you say I want to be born again I want to receive that Christ you're talking about you're going to repeat these words after me okay just say these words as I'm saying them okay say Father God I thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ who died for my sins and was raised for my glory today I receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior only he can change me and I'm his from today till the end of my life in this sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowship at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.